Today at Kalos Church, our lead team is speaking. Amy, Andrew, Linda, Rachel. Welcome to Kalos Church. My name is Pradeep Jiva, And I'm Amrita. Kalos means beautiful in Greek. We know a lot of people have heard or seen ugly things in the church, but we believe that when you look at the words and the ways of Jesus, it's actually quite beautiful. Mm. So we wanted to create a community where we could ask the question, what is so beautiful about Jesus? If you want to get content like this every Sunday, please follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook, and subscribe to us on YouTube. Yeah, we're so thankful that you're joining us online today. Yeah. And at our church, we don't just want to be a friendly church, but we want to be a church of friends. Mm -hmm. So we have this really cool thing. We have a private Facebook group. We still invite new people to it all the time. And we have a community and it exists even in quarantine yeah. where yeah. throughout the week we are connecting with one another. Mm -hmm. And I'm so excited because there's just some really good news happening. We share memes, yeah. we share prayer requests. Mm -hmm. And what we do in this service every single week is we share some good news. Yeah. And then we also pray together. We are seeing God answer Amen. prayers here Man. at Kalos Church. So I want to share some good news with you. And that is this, you know, during this COVID season, it's been a very scary time for mm -hmm. multiple reasons. But one of the reasons is that uh, there's just been some financial hardship yeah. for individuals, for families, for businesses, for churches even. Yeah. And, and I want to tell you that God is our great provider. And even Pastor Pradeepan and I, as leaders of our church, we ask God, would you continue to provide for our church? And I want to tell you that because of the generous, incredible people yeah at Kalos Church. Yeah. Our church is doing wonderfully financially. We've just had some incredible mm -hmm. stability. Yes. And I just want to thank you for continuing yes. to give back to God what he has given you because it really does uh, impact life yeah. change yeah. at our church. So we are worshiping and Amen. celebrating God for that today. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, today we also want to pray and cover some people in prayer. And I yeah. wonder if today you know someone who is in the hospital, someone who may, yeah. may be waiting for results, COVID yeah. results, or someone who may even have it. We just want to lift all of you up. Father, we thank you so much that you are the great healer. God, I thank you that people are recovering from COVID. Lord, we know that there are families that are grieving the loss of people that have been taken because of it. And Lord, we're just asking that you would come uh, in the most uh, significant yes, way right Lord. now in the lives of people who are dealing with this virus. We ask for your healing hand upon them, Father, in mm -hmm. Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, without further ado, we're going to hear from our lead team. And so we usually have what's called our five and five, where five speakers speak for five minutes, but our lead team is so powerful. So we're doing something called four and <laughs> yeah. five, where four of our lead team members are going to speak for five minutes each. And if they go even a second over, boom, the bell's going to ring. They're cut off. But we really believe in them and want to hear every second what they have to say, because they have wisdom, they have love, and we can vote for them both personally and professionally yes, they're the real deal and yeah. so thankful for them and so amy our kids director rachel our director of events linda our director of connections and andrew our creative director they're just going to share from their heart and really help us understand this book of esther from their perspective yeah. for such a time as this is the theme and so as they're speaking would you show them some digital love maybe leave a comment 
in whatever way you're, you're viewing, maybe an emoji with a high five just to show them some love and support. Well, let's get this started right now. Hi, Kilos. My name is Rachel, and I'm so thrilled to be with you today. I'm very excited to share some exciting news from the Jennings household. No, we are not pregnant, but we have celebrated our one year anniversary of being homeowners, and we love being homeowners so much. Here's a picture of our house. If you haven't been there yet, please stop by when it's safe. We'd love to hang out with you. But you know that you are homeowners when you are in line with coffee in hand at 8 a.m. on a Saturday at Lowe's. Yes, this is me a couple weeks ago. I had to pick up a few things and I checked out and I was going to unload the things in my car. And right next to me, I noticed that there was this elderly woman who uh, was loading some very heavy things into her car. So I stopped what I was doing and I went over to her and I said, hey, could I help you load some of those things in your car? And she exclaimed and said, oh my word, yes, please help me. I have a meeting to go to and she was about to leave all of those heavy items that she couldn't lift in her cart because nobody was there to help her. So because I'm so strong, I helped her load those things into the trunk and before I left, she turned to me and she said, thank you so much for noticing me. And as I was driving home, I was, I was thinking about what she said and my, my time with her and I thought to myself, how many people do I miss because I don't notice them? Because I'm so busy going about my business, going from point A to point B, and I miss opportunities to be available to people. And as we're studying the book of Esther, it's such a timely study that we're doing as a church. I am realizing more and more that Esther is such an example of what it means to be available. And here she was, Esther. She was a girl living her life. She was taken to the palace, went through a year of beauty treatments, which for the record, I would be very available to go a year with beauty treatments. That would be amazing. But there she was, she found favor with the king and she very quickly became queen. And after she became queen, her cousin came to her and said, Esther, terrible harm is coming to the Jews, to our family. You have to go to the king and plead for their lives. You are the only person who can do this. And we pick up the story here in Esther 4. Read with me. Esther 4, 14 through 16, it says this. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows, but you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai, go and gather together all of the Jews of Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will do the same. And then though it is against the law, I will go in and see the king. If I perish, I perish. I am so moved by this scripture because I believe that Esther was available. She was available to be used by God in such a significant way. Esther could have said, you know what? It's not convenient for me to go before the king. This could cost me my life. You know, maybe she was in the mindset of, I have too many things to do. I have too much going on. I just can't go before the king. It's not the right time. Maybe ask me tomorrow and maybe I'll go. But no, Esther said, I will do it. I will go. If I perish, I perish. Esther was willing to be inconvenienced 
for the sake of others. She was available. I believe relief and deliverance came for the Jewish people because Esther made herself available. And I want to challenge all of us today to have our eyes open, to notice people just like I noticed this lady at Lowe's. There are people all around us and we, there's such a, we're in such a time right now where uh, there's so many things dividing us and so many things are stealing our attention, but there are needs all around us. If we just open our eyes and pay attention, we can be available to make a huge difference just like Esther. I would hope that we are people who open our eyes to see the needs that arise. Let's be that church, Kalos. It's easy right now to really focus on all of the things that aren't happening and very easy to miss the things that are happening in our lives. And so I want to encourage you to be present, focus on the things that are happening, focus on the good, cling to those things that are good and be present and available where you are. So what does that look like for us as we follow Esther's example to be available? I encourage you to ask yourself, who can you be available to this week? What, is that a text? Is that a phone call? Is that a dropping off a meal to a friend? Let's be a church that's available because just like Esther, I think it can make a huge impact for many, many people. Hi, my name is Amy Carlson and I am the kids director here at Kalos Church. I am so excited to officially be back from maternity leave. And today I want to share a message with you about generational mindsets using the example of Esther and Mordecai. In Esther 4.14, Mordecai tells Esther, you might keep quiet at this time. Then someone else will help and save the Jews, but you and your father's family will all die. And who knows, you may have been chosen queen for just such a time as this. With the encouragement from Mordecai, Esther was able to step out of her comfort zone and boldly speak up to the king in order to save her people. Like Esther, I once stepped out of my comfort zone in college when I first began attending church. There was an older university pastor couple who really took the time to invest in me and encourage me to come to church, which later led to my salvation and me making the decision to follow Jesus. Without their love and investment in me, I would not be here in Washington and I would have never found Kalos. There are some parallels in that relationship that I would like to highlight between Mordecai and Esther. One, Mordecai was an investor in Esther. He was an honorable man and really took the time to challenge Esther in a healthy way and encourage her to speak up to the king. What was great was Esther really um, gave, it gave her confidence. And even though she risked her life, she trusted Mordecai's wisdom to speak up to the Jews. And so I want you to think about when you were young, who invested in you, who encouraged you and helped you to take a big step. I believe that we all have an opportunity here to be a Mordecai to someone in the next generation so that they are able to live out their calling and bring glory to God. Number two, Esther and Mordecai were a team on a mission to redeem the Jews. I believe that Esther nor Mordecai could have accomplished the mission to save the Jews single-handedly. They worked together, having great teamwork, trust, and mutual respect for one another. 
they demonstrated that different generations can learn from each other and exchange positive thoughts and communication with each other. They had a lot to gain from each other's experiences and ideas. One example is that it wasn't just Mordecai giving orders to Esther uh, because he was older than her, but Esther actually told Mordecai to gather all of the Jews in Susa and fast for three days, and he followed her lead. What value do you, do you bring to other generations, and what can you learn from different generations? Just like it was Esther and Mordecai's mission to save the Jews, it is our mission to make known the beauty of Jesus. And we all need to work together, breaking down those generational barriers, sharpening each other in order to advance the gospel and make known the beauty of Jesus. So if you remember anything, I believe that we are called to invest in the next generation while learning from all generations. And I believe this happens through relationship. Just like Esther and Mordecai had a strong relationship, we are responsible to form strong relationships with other generations. At Kalos, I found several opportunities to get to know and invest in other generations, such as joining small groups and joining the Kalos Dream Team, and also investing in our Kalos kids and getting to know them. So I highly recommend that you do one of those things if you aren't currently, so that we can work together and make known the beauty of Jesus. And so... Um, I changed the scripture from Mordecai's words to apply to generational mindsets, which says to you, this is my call to action, you might keep quiet at this time. Then someone else will help and save the next generation. And who knows, you may have been chosen as a disciple for such a time as this. So let's partner with other generations in order to leave a legacy that outlasts our lifetime. And don't forget to give a fist bump along the way. Well, hey, my name is Andrew. I am the creative director here at Kalos and one of the worship leaders. And I just want to throw up a quick picture for those of you who don't know me, just to give you a little bit of perspective about, uh, you know, where I sit. You can see what my mom thinks I do, what pastors Pradeepin and Amrita think I do, the sound guy, how muscular the worship team thinks I am, what I think I do. But really, I just sift through song suggestions all day. And that's, that's pretty much me. And I'm so excited to talk about worship today. And I'd love to talk about music, but we actually have a great series called Music music in Jesus. Really encourage you to check that out. It was about a year and a half ago in our podcast, but I want to move forward with this definition of worship. Worship is the act of holding something in the most prestigious place in our heart. And specifically, I want to talk about one of the biggest enemies to worship, which is pride or holding ourselves in the most prestigious place in our heart or worshiping ourselves. And I had a huge moment of conviction when I was reading Esther, excuse me, Esther chapter six. It's the part of the story where the king is talking to this guy named Haman and he says, hey, what would you do to really just honor somebody? And Haman, thinking the king's talking about himself, comes up with this elaborate plan and the king's like, sweet, let's do that to Mordecai, who is this guy's mortal enemy. And I'm reading this and I'm thinking, Man, this guy Haman, he really got what was coming to him. I am so happy that I am not as conceited as, man, I couldn't even get those words out. It was just like a slap in the face. What a conceited thing to even think. And I had to really stop and kind of search my own heart and, and ask myself the question, how much pride is in my heart that I don't even realize is there? And 
So I like to think of the opposite of pride, which is humility. And my favorite definition of humility is not thinking less of yourself, like a woe is me sort of thing, but thinking of yourself less. And so I thought about myself in this moment. How much do I think about myself? Really ironic train of thought here. But if I were to write out all my thoughts, uh, what I'm going to wear this morning, what I'm going to do today, what I want to eat, why I'm mad at this person, what I'm worried about, what I'm afraid of, what I want to do tonight. If you were to ask me the question based on my thoughts, who I worship, if it is Jesus or myself, I might be embarrassed of my answer. So what do we do? How do we deal with pride that's in our hearts that we don't even know is there? Well, I believe the answer is worship. It is taking ourselves out of that most prestigious place in our heart and putting Jesus there. Here's a quick action step for you to do. When you catch yourself thinking about yourself, say, here's what I would like to do tonight. Just replace that thought with a thought about Jesus. Man, what would Jesus want to do tonight? You see how that thought kind of just gets your brain thinking about the world outside of you? You begin thinking about your family. You begin thinking about your friends, your city, your country, this world, because that's what's probably on Jesus' heart, right? See, that is a lifestyle of worship where we can remove ourselves and, and put Jesus into the world here. And I, see, that's why this is worship is, is so important for such a time as this. It builds a heart of humility inside of us. In, in such a divisive time, I believe that the answer is not having the right answers. It is having humility. And worship will do that in our own hearts and lives. Worship can literally save the world. The price for Haman's pride, it was very steep. I mean, the guy was impaled upon a pole. But almost worse than that, he almost committed genocide because of his pride. And before I go and think of myself as any better than him, I have to take a deep look at the pride that lurks within my own heart. Because if you are conceited, you're going to be defeated. If you're full of pride, you will be denied. Without humility, there is only futility. Haughty is naughty. And if you just boasted, prepare to be ghosted. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Let me read a quick scripture to you in Philippians, because this is what, this is Jesus. We serve a humble God. Let me prove it to you in Philippians 2. It says this, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Stop and think about that for just a second. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Kalos Church, let's choose a life of humility. Let's choose a lifestyle of worship. Hi, I'm Linda, and I am the Connections Director here at Kalos Church. And today I want to focus on Esther chapter 8, verse 6. So here Esther is seen talking to King Xerxes and she's telling him about the plot that Haman had to kill all the Jews. So verse 6 says, For how can I bear to see disaster fall on my people? How can I bear to see the destruction of my family? So I want to take a moment and just talk about who our current day family is. These are our neighbors. These are our colleagues, our bosses people that we see in passing, our classmates, they are also the people on the other side of the voting booth. They are also the, other, the people on the other side of the social media screen. 
And so what I find interesting about this scripture is that Esther was a queen, like highly favored, so beautiful, getting the royalty treatment. Oh my gosh, I'm so jealous. But yet she stopped herself to really fight for this group of people and for their lives. And she recognized that there was still work to be done. And so just like Esther, we need to be on mission to help those around us, especially those that are experiencing spiritual darkness. We need light to shine upon them. But if they don't know where that source is coming from, how can we expect them to experience the joy and the freedom and the faith and, um, and the strength that Jesus brings? There's a girl at our church named Emmy. If you don't know her, you must get to know her. She's amazing. You've probably seen her um, on some Sundays, just chatting away, talking to some people. But Emmy started coming to our church since last October. Um, after a couple of months of attending, she joined our Connections team. After a couple months of that, she joined our leadership team. And then, wait, there's more. A couple months after that, she became a small group leader for the first time. And this is all during quarantine. Like, what is even that? So um, what is great about this story is that Emmy didn't know what serving as a leader or a small group leader looked like. She didn't know what she was really signing up for. Um, she didn't, she couldn't picture exactly what it would look like for the next few months, especially in quarantine. But she said yes anyway. She knew what it felt like to walk into Kalos for the very first time, not knowing a single person walking around, not really sure what, where to go, but felt so welcome, so, felt so comfortable to be herself felt so accepted and so seen. And she now is on a leadership team so that others can experience that, so that other people can know who Jesus is through an amazing community. And for such a time as this, we need to be like Esther and we need to ask, how can I endure to see my people destroyed? Let's not forget how we felt before we knew Jesus. Let's not forget how we felt before we were immersed in this amazing community. Remember how Jesus pulled you out from the darkest moments of your life and help others experience the same thing. No matter the cost, we must reach the lost. Set aside your comfort, set aside your convenience, set aside your time, and reach out to those and to, that need to know who Jesus is. Be intentional and get to know them. And so I want to challenge you with this today. Every Sunday for the month of July and August, we have uh, summer parties. From 3 to 5 p.m., we'll meet at a different park, and I want to challenge you to go. But I also want to challenge you to get to know someone that you aren't familiar with. Maybe you've seen them at church a few times and you, you've never really talked to them. Or maybe they seem to be um, standing by themselves and maybe they're coming to Kalos for the first time at a summer party. Go up to them, ask for their name, ask for their story, connect with them, pray for them. Be really intentional about getting to know them because you never know how a simple invitation and a simple conversation can change someone's life. Pursue others as you have been by Jesus. Wow, yeah. those were so amazing. Love it, yes, love it. did you catch those rhymes? They All were so the times. Good. They were amazing. I love it. Well, hey, thank you so much, Lee team, for sharing for our first ever four and five. And it was amazing. And you know, you guys talked a lot about Jesus. We heard all about Jesus. Yeah. And hey, before we transition to an amazing worship song and hearing some announcements, we just want to make sure that people have the chance to give their lives to Jesus. 
You know, you might be tuning in for the first time or maybe you've been following along for a while and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus. And, you know, Linda mentioned that Jesus is pursuing you and we really believe that he loves you. He has a plan for you. And if you'd like to give your life to Jesus, we want to lead you in a prayer right now. We're going to put the words on the screen. It's not a magic spell or anything, but maybe it's just a way to articulate what's going on in your heart, a prayer of surrender for Jesus. So why don't we pray this prayer all at the same time right now? Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I open the door of my life and receive you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Take control of my life. I turn from my old ways and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen.